Episode 49, it's a classic Jennings story with a sharp point. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, and we are with Jason Jennings. So good to be with you today. Uh, Dale, great to be back with you. All right, so let's just get right into it. You give us very little when we start the conversation because we really want these to be flowing conversations. But uh, you travel the world a lot, and you said, I've got a really great story from my travels that I think is going to uh, really be a metaphor for business and open our eyes to some new realities, game-changing realities for us. So dive right in. Tell us the story. Let me, first of all, create some context. Um, We've talked before that one of our big findings, myself and my research teams, is that truly great leaders whose leadership withstands the test of time and whose success withstands the test of time are truly good stewards. And people can go back and listen to another podcast on stewardship. But stewardship basically means that you're more about others than you are about yourself and that you understand that every business, uh, whatever size the business is, basically has five constituencies. Uh, You've got your employees or workers. You've got your customers. You've got your vendors and suppliers. You have your owners or shareholders. And then you have the, the planet, the population, the world. And the job of a good steward is to make everything better for every one of those constituencies, not to the exclusion of another. So it's not all about the shareholder and forget about everybody else. It can't only just be about your people and not the shareholder, or there won't be a source of funds for expansion and growth. So it's those five constituencies that every steward is called to take care of. And uh, so while I live in the San Francisco Bay Area with my family, we we summer at our lodge up in the northern peninsula of Michigan at a place called Timber Rock Shore that we built. And we're very, very near a large Indian reservation, the Ojibwa Indian Reservation. And each summer, uh, on the Keweenaw Bay in Michigan's northern peninsula, the Ojibwe Nation hosts this huge powwow. And it, it's, it's the big celebration. And everyone attends in native dress for a couple of days. And they come from other Indian nations all across the United States. The event always begins with the huge entry parade. And this is where hundreds of people in their native garb go into the parade grounds round and round in circles. And it's colorful and it's beautiful and it's very meaningful and it really touches you. And there's chanting taking place and there's drum beating taking place. And it goes on and on and on. It's, it's really quite a remarkable sight. Uh, however, the, the, it's actually a festival as well that goes on for these couple of days. There's all kinds of Native American food and there's crafts for sale and you can wander the lanes in the woods. And after the Grand Parade uh, last year, because I, tr- I try to attend this every year, uh, I was wandering through one of the lanes in the wood, and uh, there was a blanket laid out. And there was an Indian chief in full regalia, and he was storytelling, telling stories to, uh, oh, I would say 20 or 25 young Indian children who were sitting enraptured at his stories, hanging on his every word. And so I I kind of stood off to the side. I didn't want to sit in the blanket with the kids. And I I, I couldn't wait to hear the story. And he said, my children, there is a fierce battle going on within me. 
there are two wolves within me who are fighting. One is the wolf of arrogance, envy, greed, and fear. And the children's eyes are just huge. And he said, the other wolf that's fighting within me is the wolf of generosity, humility, truth, love, and gratitude. And he said, the battle grows more intense every day. And finally, one young boy timidly raised his hand and he said, which wolf is going to win the battle? And the chief looked at him and said, the one I decide to feed. Dale, I can't begin to tell you the profound impact that had on me. All of us, every day, whether we know it or not, there's a battle going on in most of us all the time. Sometimes it surfaces, sometimes it's simmering beneath the surface. And that battle is between arrogance, envy, greed, and fear, as opposed to generosity, humility, truth, love, and gratitude. But that chief's words in response to the question, which wolf is going to win, the one I feed, has stayed with me since last summer, and I probably think about it every single day. And I think about it in, 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 in the context of how do I feed a spirit of generosity, humility, truth, love, and gratitude every single day in something that I do? How can I go out of my way to foster generosity, humility, truth, love, and gratitude? Because unless that's what I'm feeding, eventually we'll end up with arrogance, envy, greed, and fear. And that will define us as a personality. Absolutely. So tweetable moment for folks. Great leaders are good stewards, and they're thinking about their employees, their customers, their vendors, their owners, and the population, never to the detriment of the other when they're being a good steward with those groups. So where are some areas, because we talked about your travel and, and you interview hundreds or thousands of, of business leaders every single year. So name some names if you'd like, but where have you really seen some good stewards that have really displayed this generosity and humility, truth, love, gratitude, and the impact that they've had on their business? One of my favorite companies that I write about in the high-speed company is O'Reilly Automotive. Uh, back in 1956, the year I was born, there was an old dude, 72-year-old Charlie O'Reilly, and uh, he was running an auto parts store in Springfield, Missouri. And uh, the owners decided to fire him because he was too old. And so rather than go home and sit on a glider on a front porch and while away his golden years, he went across the street, he rented a building, and people said, what are you going to do? And he said, I'm going to open up an auto parts store. And all 12 people who worked for him said, we want to come and work for you. And he said, well, if you do, you got to put some money in the hat. In context, 1956, some people could muster together two or three hundred dollars, a couple second mortgage their house for two or three thousand, and they went into business. And in going into business, Charlie O'Reilly gathered them and said, look, we're going to exist for one reason, to offer the greatest customer service in the world. And he said, the way we're going to do this is we're going to make the customer number two. And everybody kind of looked at him strangely and said, what do you mean? And he said, we are going to make our people number one, because by making our people number one, that is going to allow us to make the customer the king. That's going to allow us to make the customer number one. Here's what's remarkable about O'Reilly Automotive. Uh, in all of our research, we have never identified another company that has had double-digit revenue growth for 55 out of the past 57 years. There's no other company 
that has ever achieved this. They are a Wall Street darling. There's nothing but runway ahead of them. And if you go to work at O'Reilly Automotive, uh, it's minimum wage, selling parts on the counter, eight, nine, ten bucks an hour. The moment you've mastered that job, you're promoted. Because the company is growing, there are endless opportunities for you to grow. And here's what I find fascinating. If you go to work for O'Reilly Automotive and Parts Counter, as a high school graduate, you don't even need a college degree, and you work yourself up to a store manager, and you stay with the company 35 years, nobody's ever left without at least about $1.5 million in company stock in their retirement account. But Charlie O'Reilly nailed it. You need to exist for your people, for your customer, for your vendors and suppliers, for your shareholders, and you've got to make the world a slightly better place. So if you're asking me one of my favorite examples of people who operate an enterprise with a complete commitment to stewardship, and Greg Hensley, their CEO and chair, and I talk about this all the time. But as he agrees with me, you've got to work it all the time. You can never let the dark forces get into your world and try to suck you over to their side. You can't do it. You've got to be concentrating on generosity, humility, truth, love, and gratitude for what you have. Because the moment you give that wolf just a little morsel, the dark wolf, just a little morsel, they're hungry and waiting for more. So, Yep, and you're over on the dark side. And final words for us. Any, any last parting words? Yeah, I'm going to give you a tip-off as to what we're going to be talking about next week. Some, I was talking to somebody this week, and they said, uh, uh, my market is different. And I thought to myself, if I had a $10 bill, for every time somebody has told me, my market is different, my business is different, you don't understand, I would have extra untold millions in the bank. So next week, we're going to dispel the myth that my market or my business is different. I look forward to that conversation. He is Jason Jennings, the author of the Wall Street Journal bestseller, The High Speed Company. This is The Game Changers the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. And we will see you next week. See you next week, Jim. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.